0: You're listening to the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, your source for tips and tricks on building wealth through real estate in Connecticut. You will get the best techniques from leading local experts in real estate and lending. Now, here's your host, Robert Weinberg. Saturday morning to everybody and welcome to the Mortgage Matters radio show and the Mortgage Matters uh Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. It was written twice. I, I'm looking at this Mortgage Matters Radio Show in Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast, along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Look at New Year. I, I take a we take a week off or so, and then yep. I get all discombobulated. No Good to problem. see you though. Happy New Year. Good
1: to see you. Happy New Year, Gary. How you doing this morning?
0: oh uh, I'm listen. I'm hanging in there as always, my friend. And in yourself, how was your New Year's? By the way,
1: it was great. It was you know, really did you watch really the ball game. Nice. I did watch the ball drop, uh, of course. You can't miss that ever. Uh, you know, I always wanted to go to Times Square for that, but this year just didn't seem like the year. No. It's just always been something I've wanted to do since I was young. But I, I catched it on TV, sure. and, uh, you know, it was pretty uneventful. But here we are, a new year, new opportunities. Okay,
0: I'm glad you said that. New goals, too, right? Yep. All right.
1: And we talked in the previous show about goals, too. So I wanted to take it a little further today because a lot of people with the New Year's resolutions, with the financial motives going into the new year, for a lot of our listeners, you know, that's going to entail doing some sort of refinancing on their mortgage. So I thought it'd be a great opportunity to really talk about preparation, getting ready, and optimizing your personal situation to get the best deal and the best outcome.
0: Well, then let's start with this. Um, Why? Why? Why is it important for people to do some prep work before they go and refinance?
1: Really good question that you know has an answer a lot of people might not think. So when a lot of homeowners go to refinance, they think to themselves, well, okay, I've got good credit, I've got good income, like I'm good to go with everything, so I shouldn't need to prepare. But that's not the case, as we'll talk about here. And It's not always clean-cut. Sometimes there is work to be done that can take time. If you are someone that's got lower credit or challenges with your credit, it's not going to be fixed overnight. You're going to need that game plan and that time to get it in play. It might make sense to pay down some debt or pay off some debt to get qualified for a better deal on the refinance and income preparation, like we'll be discussing with self-employed, especially Mm -hmm. getting your ducks in a row with the documents that are going to be needed for your income. And if you are especially self-employed or on commission or you know, irregular income, there's going to be a little more legwork that you're going to want to do to get prepared to refinance. It's just going to make it smoother, less of a hassle, more stress-free, and it's going to get you a better deal, get better terms on your loan. So even if you think you're in a great spot, what can we do to get you into that next tier financially? Um, Also, from a benefit standpoint, what's your interest right now? What is the going rate? Should we put you on like a rate watch situation where we can you know, move into action if we hit a target interest rate. So you can see there's a lot of different reasons you want to get aligned with a mortgage professional, not right when you need to refi, but even when it just gets on your radar and it might be an opportunity, let's like hash this whole thing out. Let's put a game plan together to make sure that all this stuff just comes to fruition and is a reality for you and benefits you the most it can.
0: What are the top areas that people should focus on when they're prepping you know, to do this refinance?
1: Yeah, so some top tips for refinancing. I think getting your credit in tip-top shape, sure. it's always a motive, whether you're sense. buying or refinancing. The thing that a lot of people don't realize that are going to get a new mortgage is that even a few points can matter. And I'll tell you an example is I had a a client that came to me, they had a 641 credit score. It's definitely towards the lower end, but we had their loan approved and good to go with that. Well, they had some other issues that caused the loan process to drag out a bit, some personal issues. Mm -hmm. But long story short, we had to repull their credit uh, about a week or two before closing. Their credit dropped from 641 to 638, just a couple points, right? But that small drop put them To that lower threshold, it brought them down to below 640. So there is a line in the sand with mortgage uh, programs and pricing. Uh, The lines are like 580 to 600, 600 to 620, 620 to 640, etc. And then when you hit around 720. 740 that range like anything above that is just gravy what is the max is it 810 820 Um, 850 actually 850. 850 yeah so but once you get into that mid to high 700s like you're good at that point but if you're someone who's in that low to mid 600s even high 600s a couple points on your credit could save you thousands, even tens of thousands of dollars over the life of your loan because it may kick you from one pricing bucket to another pricing bucket. Or it may take you from getting an FHA loan to being able to get a conventional loan, which we'll talk a little more about.
0: Yeah. What if somebody already has good credit and equity? Do they still need to prepare?
1: They do. I think income preparations are really important, especially for the self-employed. So, you know taxes your income taxes and where we're at with that over the last year or two what did you actually file with your income taxes um specifically your net profit is what lenders are looking at with a couple addbacks, but mainly your net profit and as you know a lot of self-employed people they use the opportunity to write off every and anything they can, not really thinking about the repercussion when it comes to getting a mortgage or financing. Also, bank statements. You know, Nowadays, lenders are looking at a couple months of bank statements for self-employed people to make sure that their income from their business hasn't been as impacted from COVID. That wasn't something that was happening as much before COVID. And then a year-to-date profit and loss for self-employed people. Some self-employed don't have this stuff to, you know, put together. Um, if they're lucky, they have an accountant or tax advisor that can help with this, Mm -hmm. but if not, it may take a couple weeks to get some of these items put together, pull records, that part or that sort of thing. And for the most part no doc refinances or stated income, which was very popular, you know, a decade or two ago, those really are non-existent today and if they're out there, they have very high interest rates. So if you're looking for the best deal, you're going to want to stay away from the no doc or the stated income type of loans cuz like I said, those were super popular with self-employed back in the last uh, refinance and real estate boom that occurred in the early 2000s. So Preparation, if you think you're in a great spot and you're not self-employed, it'll probably more revolve around maximizing the appraised value of your home. You know, we've talked about seasonality. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking in the winter to a loan advisor, mortgage advisor about this, it is the winter, is the timing good for what you're looking to do. If you're looking to cash equity out, what if we waited a couple months? Might that get you a little more equity? It could, depending on the specifics of your circumstance. And like we were saying, the seasonality. Also looking at different strategies. A lot of people that have great credit and income and all that, they just come in like uh, looking for an order taker. Like, hey, I'm here to put in an order. I want a low (laughs) rate today. I want something in this range. I'm looking to go to a 15 year mortgage. And that's kind of how they they look at it, like a McDonald's uh, menu that they're ordering on. That's not the way mortgage financing works. At least that's not the way it should work when you're dealing with a real professional, real advisor. So one of the strategies I use with clients like that is to step back for a second and say, hey, wait a second. I know you're looking for a low rate on a 15-year fix, but wait, what if we did a 10-year? What if we did a 20-year? What if we consolidated all this debt I see on your credit? What if we consolidated some of that? Would that save you a bit more money? So there's a lot of different ways we can look at it. And to take that a step further, you know, combining strategies. What if we did a cash out refi But then you also did a home equity line of credit on top of that, like a double layer. You're going to need good credit. You're going to need good credentials. But, uh, you know, if you don't get that advice and have the right advisor showing you this, you might just make an offhand decision, an emotional decision. This is what I thought I needed. And then you go in six months, a year, a couple years later to a pro like myself. And we look and go, wait, why'd you do that refi? Why did that make sense? A lot of people can't answer that question. This is so outside the box creative thinking.
0: All the more reason. To see and sit down with you, an advisor, because every, I'm listening to everything that you just said. I don't know many of the bank lenders that would offer that are even that aware. First and foremost, you know what the first thing I noticed about bank lenders, the agent or the the advisor or the consultant that you're sitting with, mm-hmm. uh, what two years later they're gone, they moved on moved on to another bank yep. moved yep. on somewhere out of state maybe they're just completely out of the industry and they're doing something completely different you know with you there's relationships that that you
1: totally inco- agree you know
0: and, and you're an advisor you you really have all the tools in the tool belt to get as creative and outside the box. just listening that one statement mm-hmm. triggered that
1: well and in- and i and i say that you know, we were talking about home equity lines of credit. I don't offer those. So like, when I give you advice to do that, there's no ulterior motive. There's no incentive. It's what's best for you. I spent an hour the other day with a client from a year ago who's selling their property. They're not even going to buy a new one. They're in a very difficult financial situation. I spent an hour with them, giving them advice, helping them through the sale of their home, some fees and costs they didn't even know about. The realtor never explained. This is, you know, again, you got no skin in the game. I don't, but I really treat this like a practice, much like a doctor would treat a medical practice. I've been doing this almost two decades. is my 19th year, and I'm going to keep doing it. So I have this huge database of thousands of clients that have looked to me for advice on their mortgage, many who listen to us on this very show every single week. And it's like there's a lot of ideas and a lot of emotions involved. You need that third party. You need that unbiased opinion. So I talk with people all the time that there is no financial motive. You know, I'm not doing this for the money anymore. I'm doing it to help people. I'm doing it to really take it to the next level. In
0: that case, maybe can you share a few stories of people who have taken this advice, okay, to prepare ahead and what they were able to accomplish?
1: Absolutely. I have a couple good ones. I'll, I'll you know, keep it to just two stories here because okay. I know we're limited on time. One gentleman I've been talking to for at least four years. Mm-hmm. Um, we had just been talking about refinancing. He owns a you know multiple properties. He's out of Windsor, Connecticut, not too far from us. Mm-hmm. Very uh, you know good real estate investor. Like I said, several properties. He's done well. He's retired now. So with that said, we've been talking about refinancing for years. Finally, with the rates being so low and everything last year, he said, now's the time. I have another property I want to buy. I need money for that. And we were looking at refinancing strategies to get him this next property. So he came to me saying, this is the house I want to refi, and this is how I want to do it, and this is what it is. And I already talked to a banker about it at my local bank, and I said, great. Let me take a look and see what I can do. And I completely shifted his entire world. He had a huge paradigm shift because the property that he wanted to refi, I could get him much better terms on a loan using a different property okay? Mm -hmm. And to him, it didn't matter. He had multiple properties. And it was like he wanted to refi an investment property. But I said, wait, what if we did a refi in your primary? We can get you the same amount of money. I can get you a much better deal on it, more flexible terms. And also the properties were in trusts, makes it a little more complicated. So there was some work that had to be done with his attorney to get some trust paperwork, make sure everything was going to be good when it came to actually getting that mortgage. So we had to do all the legwork on that, right? It wasn't- Come in Monday, get your loan done Tuesday. It was this ongoing talk and strategizing and then implementation. Here's what we're going to need to do. Here's our plan of action. It took a couple weeks. On top of all that, he's retired. So like we've talked about refinancing or getting a mortgage when you're retired, it can be challenging because you're on a fixed income. In his case, he had this IRA that had been sitting there for years. He wasn't really touching it. And unfortunately, initially he couldn't get the mortgage approved because he didn't make enough money. But I said, wait a second, what about that IRA? Let's set up a distribution. Let's set up an income stream from that for $1,500 a month. And then once you've gotten some payments from that, we can show a fixed income. Coming from that asset, now we can use that income to get you the mortgage that you want. So 90 days after we originally talked about it, we were able to go get his loan approved and he just closed a few weeks ago. And this was all possible because he took this preparatory approach. Had he not, he would have just gone with the bank. He would have paid over a percent higher in interest rate. He wouldn't have gotten as as good loan terms as he wanted. And he just would have done the order taker thing. Here's what I'm looking for. Here's what I want off the menu and give it to me. Have a good day. Since he took that extra step to really get the, advisory piece and get all these complications nailed down we were able to make it so much easier stress-free and just saved him a ton of money so that's one example of how you know preparation can really save you a ton of money and time when it comes to getting that refinance the second example i'll give you just closed like a week ago gentleman actually that called me that listens to this show in east hartford Prominent chiropractor in the area, great guy. Mm -hmm. And he had been listening to the show for a while, and he said, Rob, I've been hearing you, and I bought this house almost a year ago. I'm paying a 10% mortgage Uh, to a friend of mine. He took a private mortgage from a friend of his. The reason why he had to do that was because he had a short sale not so long ago. So he was closed out from a lot of the conventional mortgages that we talk about as being so advantageous. So in order to get this house, he had to get a mortgage from a friend because the loan officer he was dealing with basically screwed him at the last minute. The loan fell through. So he had no choice. He had to take this 10% private mortgage. With that said, now his credit's a bit better. He had two years since the short sale. So he was now eligible for FHA financing, the federal housing financing. So we, we did all that. We looked at it. And then initially he said, well, Rob, I'm not even sure I want a refi because I might sell my piece of land. He owns a piece of land, I think, in Florida. He's like, if that piece of land sells, then I can pay off my mortgage. I was like, OK, great well, let's see, is that land going to sell or not? A couple weeks go by, the land wasn't selling. I showed him how much he was saved by going from a 10% mortgage to like, in his case, it was like a three and a quarter, three and a half percent. It's like a third of the interest, right? On top of paying off the 10% mortgage, he had all this equity built up in the home. So we also wanted to pay off a bunch of debt he had accumulated, some credit card debt. So that's exactly what we did. We put aside the idea of let's sit here and hope and wish and pray that the land's going to sell. No. Let's go in a bird in the hands worth two in the bush, right? That's right. Let's go ahead and refi the house you already have. Let's get that interest rate lowered. Let's get you the money to pay off your your friend who lent you that private mortgage. Let's get all your credit card debt cleaned up and all that. And here we are. And he was saving over $700 a month now. And this is only barely a year after he bought this property. And he thought, nobody's going to lend me money. There's nothing I can do. I had this short sale. I'm screwed. It was only when he called me, we prepared, we hashed this out. And we looked at all the different loan programs available that we realized, yes, you can get approved. And there were some other nuances to it as well his his wife made enough money that we were able to qualify the loan under her which was a lot easier because he's self-employed like we're talking about and there was all this extra paperwork for him well the bank would have asked you for all that paperwork and run you up the tree trying to get everything done with both your incomes i was able to identify that wait we don't even need your income Let's make this easy. Let's make this hassle free. His wife's a teacher. We qualified the whole mortgage under her income, and it worked perfectly fine. It saved him a lot of hassles, a lot of issues. And, you know, he wrote me a testimony. And again, he's a listener of this show. So I encourage anyone in a similar situation, reach out. Even if you think you might not qualify or you've had previous issues like him, let's move forward. Let's see what we can do before you throw in the towel. So there's a couple examples for
0: you. Those are great, great examples. Folks, you are listening to Mortgage Matters Radio. Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. If you'd like to get a hold of Rob, uh, here's his phone number. It's 860-413-3938. If you'd like to make an appointment, I'll repeat that phone number as well as his website uh, and his uh, email address uh, in a little while, more towards the end of the show. At what points, though, uh, Rob, should... I don't know, should someone seek out a mortgage advisor or you know, somebody like you or, or someone to kind of guide them in this area?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of misinformation and confusion around this topic about when should you actually right. seek out a loan officer or advisor to help you with this part of your life. And I would say as soon as you even think there might be an opportunity to refinance. As soon as that light bulb goes off in your head that maybe I could improve my financial situation, whether it's lowering your rate, consolidating debt, all the other reasons we discuss. If you think that might even be a possibility, reach out. Let's see what we can do. Let's run an analysis. Um, Some questions you'll want to ask is like, has your home value gone up since the last mortgage you got? I think almost everyone would say it has, unless they (laughs) did in the last few months. Has your credit gone up? A lot of times when people buy a home, they may have lower credit, and then a year or two later, they've been making these mortgage payments, their credit can shoot through the roof. I have many clients that came to me with 630 to 650 credit scores, and a year or two later, they're now in the 700s. Now we can get them a better mortgage, better rate, better terms, better program, and they wouldn't even know about it unless. With my clients, we do these annual reviews and we do these, you know, things to keep everything top of mind. So I think at the first opportunity you see, even if you're just questioning it, reach out. Let's see what we can do.
0: Good answer. I, all the more reason, I think, for somebody to make that initial mm-hmm. f- a phone call. Can um, Can you talk about specific loan programs and how taking the long-term a preparatory approach can help ensure success when it comes to getting a new mortgage?
1: Yeah, so like I was just alluding to, FHA Mm. is really common for people that have lower credit, that sort of thing. So FHA is going to be... For a lot of people, when they're getting that first home or refinancing with lower credit, it's going to be almost the only option for a lot. Conventional might not approve your loan. FHA will. Well, then that's right. We're Mm -hmm. kind of pigeonholed. Mm -hmm. That's the route we have to go. But you can get much better terms and a little bit more flexibility with some things on a conventional mortgage. So if we look at it from that long-term approach, it's a matter of at what point can we take you from the FHA loan to the conventional loan. You might need higher credit and that may take a little bit of time. But if we look at it from that long-term perspective, and I'm talking to dozens of clients right now, this exact thing saying, this is the loan you need to get into the house or this is the loan you need to refinance now. But once we pay off this debt or once we improve your credit or do these things, now you'll qualify for this better loan in the future. For some people, it's six to eight months. For others, it's 12 to 24 months. But it's not a long time out. It's on the radar. Right. So it's important that we have that perspective and that we have that two-step process. Um, and the two-step process is the other thing I wanted to talk about here, which is doing that first initial refinance to clean up the mess. Whatever the mess may be, for some people, it's a divorce, paying off medical bills, debt, etc. Let's clean up what has to be cleaned up. Once that's done for most people, their credit's protected and it's going to increase, right? Mm-hmm. Their debt ratio should go down. Their credit score should go up. So then, like we're talking about, that creates this second-step opportunity And this is where most bank loan officers or people that are amateurs and new in the industry, they don't look at long term. They're looking for another deal. Almost every one of my loans, we're planning the next loan right? What's the second step? Is it six months, a year, five years from now, three years? You say you want to buy another property. Where does that fit in? You say your kids are going to college. How does that play in? See, all these different things really come to fruition when we approach it, not just as a one-time transaction, but really with this two-step process, two-step strategy. Um, One last thing I want to touch on that is if you have lower credit, there are great options for you, especially like a lot of people now, they have lower credit, but they have all this equity built up, okay? Okay. Having all that equity built up can actually buffer to help you get a conventional mortgage even if you have the lower credit. I have clients just this week I've approved with 620 and 630 credit scores on conventional mortgages. A lot of people would say there's no way. Why is it that they can get approved? Because the loan's structured in a way they have all this equity built up. That extra equity gives the lender a security blanket, right? That they're going to make their payments because they have so much equity they've built. That can help excuse me. That can help offset the lower credit score so again don't prejudge yourself get with an advisor often and early when you think mm-hmm. this may be something on your you know in your wheelhouse and let's get that game plan together so if you're not qualified immediately you will be soon
0: nice good advice that's why i asked i'm so glad i did um i just maybe one more question we got about six minutes uh, left uh but i'd like to ask you one more question can you maybe touch on some of the more immediate opportunities for homeowners and and, and, and what they may be able to accomplish by refinancing in this current environment.
1: Yeah, that's a great question because a lot of people have been on the sidelines. You know, everyone's got the excuse. Oh, I'll do it after the holidays. I'll do it after the new year. Or I have this going on or that going on. So, I'll say that right now interest rates are definitely in an upward trajectory. You know, here we are, it's 2022. Rates are going up. They're not going down at least in the near term, um both from like the economic standpoint and the Fed as well as just the technical signals going on with mortgage bonds. Like we are in an increasing rate environment. What that means to you as a homeowner is there's still opportunities, but sooner rather than later. If you want to get that lower rate uh, near the historical lows Mm -hmm. in the twos or threes, you got to move on it now. You really do, because that's not going to last much longer. So if you have a rate over 4%, Now's the time because you may not have this opportunity in the future. The next thing is with home values going up so much, like we've been talking about with just the home equity levels rising, now is the time if you've been thinking of starting a new business, if you've been thinking of consolidating your debt, if you've been thinking of buying another property or making an investment, now is the time to tap the home equity to do that. What will the equity be in your home a year from now or three years from now? We have no idea. (laughs) What we know, though, is that over the last 24 months, home equity in a lot of areas has gone up. 20 30 40% or more over the last 24 months. If you don't tap that equity, it can vanish very very quickly and it has before. You know, I've been through a few cycles and I've seen people whose homes were appraised for 350 and a few years later they're only appraised for 250 and they never tapped the equity and they're sitting there saying I coulda shoulda woulda, right? So we really need to look at that. So if that's something in your uh, wheelhouse, definitely now is a great time to take advantage of that and then cash out refinancing to buy another property we've gone into you know a lot of extensive information on that or just to take on another investment opportunity like i was saying starting a business or working with family or friends or someone to Take that money and turn it into more money. Now, you want to be conservative with home equity. You don't want to use it for high-risk things. And I would never say take money out of your equity of your home to put in like a high-risk stock or, uh, you know, a cryptocurrency. You want to be conservative with the equity in your home. You want to do things that have low-risk or guaranteed returns. That's where the debt consolidation is so great. And everyone knows buying additional properties and those sort of lower-risk type investments are a real great way to build wealth. The last one I'll touch on is reverse mortgage. I know it's taboo. I know there's a lot of different things that people think about with that. Um, but I will say I have seen some life changing situations from people taking reverse mortgages that thought they may not have any other option. So reverse mortgage does require that you have a lot of equity in your home. But mm-hmm. again, since the home values have gone up so much in the last couple years, if you've been contemplating that and seeing that as a potential option, now's a great time to be moving forward with that reverse mortgage process because they're going to have your home appraised now. What is worth a year, two, five years from now is not relevant. Excuse me. Relevant. What it's worth now is what they're going to underwrite the loan on. That will eliminate your mortgage payment. That will give you access to a, a line of credit. There's a lot of other benefits we've talked about when it comes to reverse mortgages. So I'm not here to sell anyone or say whether it's good or bad. But for some people, it's a absolute lifeline. I know that's
0: not for everybody. But and if people, do, do people contemplate: Do I do a cash out refi or do I do a reverse mortgage? I, I mean,
1: it depends. You know, we got to look at it and weigh the options. If you're cash poor. You know, and, and house rich, then a reverse mortgage a lot of the time can be good. But if we can consolidate enough of your debt and save you, like I've done for some retirees, five hundred, a thousand or two thousand a month, sometimes that can take you from cash poor to financial freedom. I mean, think about it. If you make three thousand a month in retirement income and I can save you a thousand a month, now that effectively like takes four. your income from three to four thousand. Maybe that takes you from a tight budget. To a flexible budget those are the type of opportunities we're talking about and i do them and see them every single day
0: well good answer
1: <laughs> well i would imagine that you know
0: do you get a variety of questions um diverse questions let's say you sat down with 10 people could you realistically get 10 different lead oh, questions always. or do people more or less ask the same questions
1: there- you know, they do ask some of the same. So usually the initial uh, inquiry is going to be a little different. But I actually have a checklist, uh, yeah. a couple different checklists that I use when I'm reviewing loans with people. So I make sure that even if they don't ask the question, I'm giving them the answer of the That's question they should have asked.
0: When you ask, when you sit down with a professional. Right. Folks, if you'd like to get a hold of uh, Rob Weinberg, very easy 860 413 3938. I'll repeat that for you 860 413 3938. You can even email him at Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. Again, Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. And make sure you always start with the website. In fact, I would do that first. Then I'd make the phone call. It is www.ConnecticutMortgageLending.com. Once again, ConnecticutMortgageLending.com. For Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening to the Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. Until next Saturday morning, have a good one, everybody. So long. Thanks for listening. If you have questions about the information we've covered or would like to discuss mortgage
1: financing for your situation, you can reach Robert Weinberg by visiting www.robgw.com.